Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us on the show today on this Thursday. We have picks coming up in the next half hour. Then Phil Steele tomorrow to break down all the key teams in college football, the pros and cons of a of a Notre Dame, a TCU, a Penn State, an Ohio State, uh, a Clemson, an Alabama. You know, we'll break down all of them along the way, just to give you the fan a better idea of who's good and why. So Phil will be on the show tomorrow. Looking forward to that very much. Instant classic last night in the World Series. The Houston Astros have been in existence for 56 years, and last night, as part of our play-by-play call of the day, they won their first-ever World Series game. The 2-0 is drilled deep to left center field. Going back is Taylor looking up. See you later! Jose Altuve puts the Astros ahead in the 10th. 4-3. Oh, one breaking ball, and that's hit well. Pretty deep to left center field. And you can kiss that one goodbye. Back-to-back jacks for the Astros. First Altuve, and then Correa. 5-3. to three. Yet the odd thing is it didn't hold up. The Dodgers scored then two runs in the bottom of the 10th inning and tied the game 5-5. And if it wasn't for Laz Garcia, the the umpire, they turned to pick off at second. The throw was off by a mile, and it hit him and stayed in play. They couldn't advance a runner. Well, then the Astros scored two more on the George Springer home run in in the top of the 11th. But Culbertson homered in the bottom of the 11th, and then finally they withstood it and won it 7-6 to six last night. That was some game. And the Dodgers were 98-0 and this year when leading after eight innings. And they got to Kenley Jansen last night. Only the second save that Jansen has blown this year. But we're also seeing something right now that, again, it goes back to the, the pattern of managing. What was interesting about Game 1, did you notice this, Sean? That the pattern of managing in Game 1, because of how well the pitchers pitch, Kershaw, Keuchel, was a normal pattern. You know, the Dodgers, you know, Kershaw went 7, then they had, you know, Morrow pitched the 8th, and Jansen pitched the ninth. It was just a normal pattern. Yeah, not like the early part of the playoffs where, you know, it's like you got to put all the chips in and the table at very early stages of the game. Although I was was surprised that Dave Roberts went to the bullpen so early last night. Yeah, that's what got me about that last night. You know, the interesting thing is that, that if Jansen had held on to it, Last night, you know, the winning pitcher would have been former state college spike Tony Watson. <laughs> there are there are three former state college spikes in one form or another involved in the World Series. I would Tony think Watson, if I think if Houston wins this, that could be the point you go back to was when yes. Dave went to the bullpen so early last night after four. Yeah, now Watson did his job. I mean, he did what he was supposed to, but they kept going to guys one after another after another. You're like, what? What are, what are we doing here? I mean, to get rid of Rich Hill after four innings, 
I'm sorry. That that made no sense to me. I don't know if it made any sense to you. Did he, he seem he, a little more out of control? Maybe that was the, the, the reason why he came out so early? If he's not, okay, but what's the score? One nothing? Yeah, it's not like the game was out of hand. See, you hear the frustration in the voice of John Smoltz when it comes to how pitchers are handled. I mean, you can hear it. There's a big... Um, line in the sand among those who believe in sabermetrics about allowing a pitcher to face a lineup for the third time. And I think it's to me it's all it's all dependent on the on the guy. I think they have to always you know you have to be able to there's no hard and fast formula when it comes to somebody. A guy like Kershaw, I think he get a Kershaw got to handle the lineup four times over and he's gonna be fine. And it just, I, you know, it just, I don't, I think sabermetrics are, and analytics are really important. There's no such thing as not having enough information. And believe me, I use it. I use it in my job. I try to use it judiciously. Most of the time when sabermetrics comes up in a football conversation, for me, it's either on this show or it's on the pregame show. I don't force it into the game broadcast. Because I think once you're getting into the game broadcast, if you're trying to force a stat in there, it's detracting from the flow. Uh, So make your points. uh, For example, I'll I'll make the point in the pregame show on Saturday that JT Barrett is a 41% passer when pressured. Now, that's a little bit deeper analytics than just looking at his base passing percentage. So I'll point that out. I'll point out that uh, Johnny Dixon and Paris Campbell are both double-digit yards after the catch, which is an indication they can take that short route and they can turn it into a first down play. So Penn State needs to stop uh, and turn it into a station-to-station passing game if they can. So that's how you you know you can use stuff like that. But I'll use that in the pregame show, for example. Now let's bring it back to the baseball game last night. We watched Dave Roberts, who, by the way, has done a heck of a job. What, they went 103 games this year? All right. Almost get himself married to analytics last night as to how he did it. And I think you do manage one way with a guy like Kershaw, and you probably do manage a different way with Rich Hill. Rich Hill is a good major league starter. Clayton Kershaw is among the phenomenal pitchers of our generation. So you probably do manage, and you should manage differently, based on who it is. I got that part. But boy, I'll tell you, I, I, he had nobody left, you know. I mean, say they, they tied the game in the 11th. They're probably going to have to take the game four starter, Alex Wood, and run him out there. I mean, this is not September where you have a 40-man roster. And then for A.J. Hinch, he doesn't have people out there doing what he wants. Guys that did something all season long. Now, Jansen had to go six outs last night. He rarely goes six outs. 
Ken Giles had to go six outs last time. He rarely goes six outs. I think sometimes where you're in this situation, you manage a little differently. Yeah, I understand that. But you then get yourself into a bind where you're trying to create on the fly how you're doing it. As opposed to already coming up with a formula that worked all year. See what I mean by that, Sean? That suddenly, okay, I put him in the game now. Well, that, I, you know, for 162 games, that's not how I managed. I got to thinking about the Cubs and Joe and Joe Madden. He did it last year in the World Series yeah. uh, against the Indians. He brought in Araldus Chapman to pitch more than three innings. And I'm thinking, sooner yeah. or later, that you're going to get burned by that. You know, it's like the fool me once, fool me twice. I mean, it, it's been interesting to watch how it's played out. I mean, Jansen doesn't do six-inning saves or six-out saves. Uh, and then I think it was the pitcher Giles. that came in after Kenley Jansen. was. I think it was the, the one who came in after Jansen. He's the one that gave up the back-to-back homers, and, and after six pitches, he was gone. Yeah, he's yep, yep, out. I think it was, Giles. it was Giles. It was Giles. Yeah. I mean, Giles for Houston, he's, he doesn't do six-out saves. Dubrensky won it last night. He usually pitches it first. I mentioned the spikes of the Tony Watson, of course, for the Dodgers. Luke Gregerson out of the bullpen for the Astros. And then the hitting coach for the Dodgers, Turner Ward, was the spikes manager in 2008. So you get spikes on both sides. So and this does go back to what I've discussed many times on this show. One of the keys to how a coach or a manager uses personnel is a critical five-letter word that is rarely talked about. Trust. You can tell Dave Roberts did not trust Rich Hill to go further than he did. You can tell A.J. Hinch did not trust other members of the bullpen, so he brought Giles in even though Giles does not have the greatest track record going of late. But he's got more trust in him than other people down there. Dave Roberts did not trust somebody else to pitch the eighth inning. He trusted Jansen to pitch the eighth inning and then the ninth. And I think it gets to this time of the year where the stakes are higher your trust in someone needs to be stronger. You cannot have mediocre a mediocre level of trust in somebody to get you out of the seventh inning. You have to have extreme trust in somebody to say, get me out of the seventh inning. Thus, you probably extend people longer. I mean, last year you talked about Chapman with Joe Madden. He probably didn't trust anybody else to come in and pitch in that spot. So that's the best guy I got left. We're going with him. It's different. And I was so close to texting you last night to make sure you're watching before first pitch. It's like we were, we were talking about Vin Scully earlier this week, and oh my yeah. goodness, that was so, so wonderful seeing Vin on the field last night for first well, pitch. Wow, did, well, did you see the crowd? Crowd was the best part. And the PA announcer didn't even have to didn't even have to say his name. Uh, he walked out there and they went crazy. 
Remember what we talked about earlier? This is something, by the way, uh, when Kevin was on the show, he talked a lot about. And mo- in modern sports is that we've, we've become used to everybody just changing teams, you know? And yet, who are the beloved figures for franchises? The beloved figures are always the ones that stay and spend their whole time there. Yeah, it's, I mean, they're, they're the beloved figures. You know, I don't care whether it's Sidney Crosby or Mario Lemieux as to what they, they've done with the Penguins or Bobby Orr with the Bruins or uh, Bill Russell with the Celtics or, you know, you know, Kobe Bryant played his entire career with the Lakers. Michael Jordan, you know, except for the two years with the Wizards, but I mean, he, he, almost all of it with the with the Bulls. You've got, you know, in baseball, Brooks Robinson played his whole career with the Orioles. He is as beloved a figure as there is. Jim Palmer, as beloved a figure as there is in Baltimore. Look, I know he played a few games with the Chargers at the end, but Johnny Unitas. I mean, the beloved figures have spent, the, the, you know, the ones that spent the whole time with your team. Now, I know he did start for a little bit with the, with the Twins, and then they released him. All right, but David Ortiz with the Red Sox, Derek Jeter with the Yankees, Jorge Posada, Mariano Rivera, Bernie Williams—they're beloved figures in the lore of Yankee baseball. Uh, Reggie Jackson and, and Dave Winfield are not. They're not beloved figures, but Posada and Williams and Jeter and Rivera are. They spent their whole careers there. They had a bond of, of excellence on the field, a bond with the fans. That was their guy. Their guys out there. Now let's bring it back to Vince Scully, 67 years. One franchise. Yankees offered him a job in the 60s, didn't take it. Stayed with Los Angeles. 67 years, one guy. I was working on a commercial today for a client that has an ad agency out in Los Angeles, and I was talking to... The guy who's going to be mixing down the final product out in L.A. He was at both games last couple of nights, and I said, oh, "How? Man. How was this? How, just how was it? I mean, how was the? I mean, it had to have been palpable in the stands." He said, "It was just incredible. It was amazing. Just the just the roar when Vin was walking out toward the bump was just absolutely amazing. I mean, you go from that brisk game on on Tuesday night to that four plus hour as you would yeah. as you would perfectly call it passion play last night. It was it was just amazing." Yeah, but again, what does Vince Scully have? Now, others have, have been like that. Sandy Koufax spent his whole career there. Don Drysdale, the late Don Drysdale did, and so forth. But Vin was there 67 years. And some announcers do get that way. You know, and I've, we, we've talked about some of the great ones over time. You know, Ernie Harwell, whole career with Detroit. I mean, Bob Prince, I think, spent, like, what, one year with Houston? One of them. I mean, I know Harry was with the Astros for a couple of years, but, like, that long time with the Phillies. Thoroughly beloved. Chris Wheeler, 37 years. Beloved. I had Chuck Thompson, Colts and Orioles. Beloved. Oh, Phil Rizzuto, Yankees. Beloved. Ned Martin, Red Sox. Beloved. Jack Buck, Cardinals. Beloved. Vince Scully, Dodgers, beloved. You know, they, they weren't guys that were jumping around. 
And Larry Munson, Georgia, beloved. John Ward, Tennessee, beloved. Eli Gold, Alabama, beloved. Bob for Frank Beckman from Michigan, beloved. Fran Fisher, Penn State, beloved. I mean, that's I mean, that's you know, that that connection because these guys all stayed in the same spot for years. And in, in, in the end, fans I think appreciate that. That you know, that that they that your guy, whether it's a player or it's an announcer, uh didn't look for grass that was greener on the other side. They thought your grass was green enough. And so Vin Scully, sixty-seven years, he could have. He, you know, I know he had. He was national on, on CBS and national on NBC, but he never left the Dodgers. And to him, the grass was always greenest in Southern California. And believe me, the fans know that. In other words. He thinks we're good enough. He didn't jump ship and go someplace else. Merrill Reese. Merrill Reese could go anywhere he wants. Bill Hillgrove, go anywhere he wants. Mike Lang, anywhere he wants. Haven't done it. We'll come back. Marty Brenneman, Cincinnati. I can go along with a lot of a whole bunch of them uh, like that. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. World Series now shifts to Houston for games three, four, and five. Game three will be tomorrow night. Game four after Penn State, Ohio State, and game five on Sunday. It, uh, so last night was a classic. But yeah, you talk about, you know, the love he feels. Well, again, it, it, it comes down to, I, I just think longevity and staying in one spot means something. Now, you can have longevity and, and, and be, uh, a caustic figure or somebody people don't really love or whatever they tolerate you. Yeah, I mean, that can happen. No question about that. Um, that happens. But, you know, all the people I'm talking about, they're, they're all beloved figures. And, you know, I've talked about, you know, I, you know, I've talked about Fran forever here. I mean, Fran, Fran was about as beloved a figure as anybody here. So I was so glad the Indiana game that they, they, uh, Saluted him. Um, you know, just wish he'd been here. I miss that. I miss that sense of humor, the ability to give me that laugh. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you go back to 1966. Who's there? Fran Fisher. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next half hour, we're going to do picks. And uh, I am so far behind right now that I may just call in, in like Vin Scully did last night with Fernando Valenzuela, where he needed a guest left-hander. I may need a guest picker. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, it's. Let's see. We had. I remember last month on the uh, 
tailgate show on the Sports Network. Derek's son was part of a pick segment. <laughs> yeah, but that didn't go well. He right. was he, he actually lost a game. Yeah, Kingston. Derek's son, Kingston. Yeah. His son is five years old, right? Kingston's five. And loves basketball. Not football. He loves basketball. So already Derek has him into the AAU circuit because he's good enough where he's playing with eight-year-olds. Wow. Great, great kid, though. Derek, Derek's son is a really, really great kid. I know Jack and I get a kick out of him. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai. Sunbury Motors Hyundai is putting other import brands on high alert with their drastic new Hyundai reductions. While other dealers have 2017 accents for $17,140, Sunbury Motors Hyundai has accents starting at $12,890. Compare a Toyota Camry with a 2017 Sonata for $18,965. And you decide which is the better value. All new Hyundais come with America's best warranty, a 10-year, 100 mile powertrain warranty. Sunbury Motors has 13 Hyundai Tucson starting at 23143. Save up to 4949 on a 2017 Hyundai Santa Fe Sport. Santa Fe Sport start at 25766. If you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai. Brand new Elantras start at 16680. With these prices, Sunbury Motors Hyundai is putting other import brands on high alert. SMC Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza Sunbury. Access to and Santa Fe models for SMC motor vehicles. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 at Hummel's Wharf. Travel day tomorrow. By the way, Phil Steele on the show tomorrow. Break down all the top teams in college football as only he can. And now we bring in the Mystic from the East coming off a big 6-0 and record last week. Pitch the shutout, baby. <laughs> and Sean, in the you... league that I play for pay, won that one, too. Won 50 bucks. There you go. There you go. Second win of the year. So I'm up 100. That pays for being in the in the thing. So, but also well, makes up for that. Now we're on profit here on out. So. <laughs> well, it makes up for that money you lost a few weeks ago. Was that fifty bucks? Yeah, well, yeah, I lost in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah so it makes up for that. So you're gaining that back, so that's good. That's true. <laughs> that is not I the first time that, that has happened. No, it's a big shopping plaza, and every time I go there, because it's been a real big job, I still hunt the parking lot. I, I'm. Like I know I'm gonna find it like stuck up against a pole or something. You're holding out hope. Yeah, so you never know. So but it's not whatever. the America I know, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you talk about mad. Oh boy was I mad. So yeah. I knew put it in your wallet. Put it in your wallet. You know, so I said I better put that fifty in my wallet. It's gone. I was like, Oh jeez. So, oh, well, it ain't easy being me, that's for sure. So. Not to be confused with it ain't easy being green, the Kermit song. 
good. Yeah, it's true. That's the uh, that's the sequel. I mean, I mean, really, the only one where it's easy. I mean, it's easy being the suit. Right, so I mean, it's just you know. <laughs> so he says. Oh, I mean, the rest of us look at it with envy. Yeah. <laughs> Waiter running around the restaurant, nobody getting any food, but it looks good. Suit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, what do we have game-wise? Okay, we'll have our usual six-pack of games. Yep, as you said, uh, Kevin cleaned the decks last week, 6-0. and uh, I was 5-1. and one. Steve, you went 4-2. and two. So after <laughs> seven weeks, grand total after seven weeks, Kevin is 31-16. and 16. I am 29-18. and 18. Lost a game from last week. And, Steve, you're 25-22. and 22. You are above water, which is phenomenal. <laughs> Look... All I know is that the last eight Saturdays, I've watched it, somebody else be seven and zero. That's right. Uh, I could care less if I'm twenty five and twenty two. <laughs> oh come on! You'd be gloating if you were winning. I, Kevin, oh. I said to him last hour. I said you've hit six and zero one week. I've hit six and zero one week. So Steve's due. It's coming. Yeah, you're due. It's happening. It's going to happen. We yeah, all after have years. jobs too, Steve. We got jobs too. So. <laughs> If you were winning, you'd be gloating. You're my brother. I know you. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, I disagree with that. I think he would be gloating. Uh, post, I don't post agree game. at all. I have a job. I got a full-time job. I, could, I <laughs> oh, remember no, no, my football do with, picks. Uh, no, no, it has nothing to do with, it has nothing to do with that. I work seven days no, no, a no, week. No, 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 Penn State's been doing so well that I, you know, I have a lot of fun doing this. I have as much fun doing this as any segment I do during the course of the week. Because I mean, just, I just have fun with you and with Sean. I mean, we have a good time. But what's been happening with the football team has been a kind of a special thing to watch and happen. So it has nothing to do with my picks. It's cool. Did saying, you hear your calls? ESPN, no, uh, I know, national. I know, I know the answer to that one. I can tell you the answer to that. That would be no. ESPN National played all your calls. Oh, I heard nice. it at four o'clock in the morning on ESPN that, National. That's radio. that is where I'm at my best. Four a.m. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, your call on the juggle was awesome. Well, that was you. a great call. Right up there with the block kick call. Hey, I remember so, last year, after the Ohio State game, last year, I got home. And I, what time was it I finally got home? It was after 1 in the morning when I finally got home. Pop Sports Center on right away. Not even five minutes. There's Steve's call. And yep. when I got back in here Monday afternoon, play-by-play call of the day. Yep, without a doubt. Yeah, I did the kick block as the call of the day. And what did you say, Steve? That was the first time you heard the call. Almost forty-eight hours later. Well, except for the post-game show. Well, I mean, true. It, well, that doesn't. That's part of the broadcast. I mean, that doesn't I mean, really count. I mean, right. Yeah. Part well, of the this broadcast. time they threw you even a bigger bone. They said that's Steve Jones and the Penn State. Usually they oh. just say that's the Penn State Radio Network. This time they identified you. Oh, that's nice. That's very yeah. nice. That's nice. That explains the authorities that were at my house on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was on. I was telling Sean I was on a show in Michigan earlier in the week, and they brought up what you brought up. And they said, what do you think of that? And they said, well, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> 
I got one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what, so let's find out. How, yeah, they brought it up, and they said, you know, they said something. Uh, I, yeah, I hate to say this, but I'll just tell you what they said. It's okay, they said, it was a great call. It, it, they said, you've had some great calls. And I said, well, it's about time I did. But some so, stick out more than others. See, a great call captures the moment. And what a lot of people don't realize is sports talk radio, they look at that stuff. And then yeah. the Boston stations will play the great uh, on EEI. They'll play calls, and they'll make fun of them, you know, <laughs> as much as they'll say that was a great I'm call. Sure. You know, right. they'll they'll right. tear the guy to pieces if they want to. But <laughs> I'll have to remember that. The call because it's the moment, and you capture yeah. the moment. So well, you did good. They, you did they've given good. me some. They've given me a lot of good material to work with. Now back yeah. to being twenty five and twenty two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then let's let's, let's let's go back to earth here. Then reality set in. Reality set in. Hey, I you just know, tried to change the subject, man. Uh, uh, bro, brother, brother with baseball bat ha- hammering hammering me over the head. <laughs> I mean, I go back to the days when you uh, please refrain from throwing snowballs, <laughs> snowballs in the out stadium. Of the field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dad, Dad sitting next to me. We're in the stadium shot, right? There's like two feet of snow in, in yeah. Beaver Stadium, <laughs> <laughs> and kids are throwing snowballs all over the place. Yeah. We're sitting Indian style, and. Steve is the stadium announcer. And Dad, my father says, somebody's got to tell that idiot to stop making that announcement. (laughs) 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 He's only instigating them. I mean, well, it's one of those situations where you personally know it, but they kept coming in the booth, you know, the people that run it. So they they told me I had to do it. And, yeah, he, and, my, no my, and my gut instinct was, I don't think I should do this. But I also understood there's liability here too. Yeah. So you if you don't, if you, if, yeah, if you, you don't, the announcement, the more the worse it got. <laughs> right, the worse it got. The worse oh, it got. A, that was the game where that drunk guy was sitting in front of me and Dad, and man, he was annoying me, and and then he kept hitting Dad, so his yeah. hat fell off. So I took his hat and I buried it in the snow. (laughs) (laughs) And the hat was one of those Michigan-Ohio State, you know, biggest game of the year hats or one of them. He's hunting for his hat. I was like, there you go, karma. Uh, (laughs) That was the Imani Toomer game. Imani Toomer caught a touchdown and got hit by Uh, Mercury Hayes. It was Mercury, Mercury Hayes. It was Mercury, Mercury Hayes. Yep. Amani Toomer played in the game. Didn't he played he? in the he played in the game, but it was Mercury Hayes that got it. You know, because B- Big Ten Network did ten worst weather games ever. Yeah. And that was one of them. So I mean, I obviously, you know, I I get interviewed for a lot of documentaries. So yep. I remember ha- having to talk about that. Well, uh, for whatever reason, but it was a good game. Yeah. Man, we froze. Oh, no, Holy that, cow. oh that was. Oh, that was the one where Penn State ran the the fake field goal and scored a touchdown and won. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Okay, so we got limited time here, so we got six games. We're having, oh, okay. yeah, we're having yeah. fun here. All right, I know we are having fun. We I are. Know. Yep, three college, three pro. Let's no, jump. I'm trying to. I'm trying to avoid it where <laughs> we all go zero and zero for the week because we ran out of time. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm still going to defend you here, okay? Because last week you made two picks. You said I got to try and catch up. Yeah. So you made two picks that you really didn't want to make. So. And you yeah, lost. You know that happens. Hey, that happens. You got to yeah, take a little risk. You, you, you yeah. went for it, so yep. I admire that. <laughs> As you expand your lead, I, I admire I admire your stupidity too, Steve. <laughs> I took a risk on Atlanta as well, and uh, you know, you know, foolish me. I thought they'd make a game of it. I mean, I mean, the fog oh, had the fog God. had a better presence in that game than the Falcons did. I mean, geez. Mm. Are the Patriots that good, or is Atlanta that bad? So I'll tell you, Kyle Shanahan leaving Atlanta to be the head coach of the 49ers, I think has had a real effect on how Atlanta plays offense. Big. Yes, he has. That's, you're very right. Well, that's where you admire the Patriots. You admire the Steelers. You admire these teams that are good every year, no matter what. Yeah. Nobody can keep the consistency that those guys do. No, you know, that's right. They don't win the Super Bowl every year, but they're always good. You know, they're always in the thick. They're always in the mix. Yeah. yeah. So after this weekend, Steve, you're back in the mix. It's going to happen. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can feel it. Yes. No, we just won't make a pick. <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw you a ball. All right. I stayed even. <laughs> hey, you're above five hundred. That's good. Yeah. Oh yeah, Oklahoma put you in the Hall of Fame if you're a baseball player. That would, that's true. That's right. Yeah. All right, three college, three pro, three pro. Oklahoma State and West Virginia kick off with that one. Leader goes first. Oh okay, yeah, uh, Mason Rudolph's never lost to West Virginia. Real Greer is really good, West Virginia. And as much as I dislike West Virginia, Oklahoma State really struggled with Texas. And their offensive line is really beat up. So I'm going to take West Virginia. That's what I'm going to do. West Virginia. Uh, I'm taking Oklahoma State. And this is not one of those uh, where I'm, I feel like I'm taking a risk. Mm, I, really, I, 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 I really believe Oklahoma State's going to win. They're a very, very good team. Well, I had Oklahoma State, and I crossed it off about 15 minutes ago and changed it to West Virginia. Well, I'm going back yeah. and forth on this game. It's North Carolina State at Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame's gone under the radar this year, guys. They are really good, and nobody plays the schedule that they play. They got their one-point loss to Georgia. But they beat the living tar out of USC last week. I got Notre Dame. Yeah, running game is clicking. Fighting Irish. Yeah. It's something uh, you'll, Phil Steele and I will talk about this on tomorrow's show, but I think Notre Dame, the physicality of the offensive line, now with a quarterback that really matches the style Brian Kelly wants to play, it's going to be a closer game than people think, but Notre Dame will win. Yeah. And we go to the Big Ten for Michigan State at Northwestern. I think redemption for Michigan State after last year's beating, they took, it was like 54 to 40. Um, Michigan State's only problem this year is they got a whole lot of the ball. They turn the ball over a lot, but they're finding ways to win. I'm taking Michigan State in a tough game. 
that's one of the teams in the league that not a lot of people are talking about. Wisconsin, they're doing their thing on that end of the, you know, on that side of the standings, but uh, you know, on that side of the bracket in the conference. But you know, Michigan State, they're sneaky good, and I'm seeing I'm seeing Coach smile a little bit more on the sidelines this season compared to last season. Uh, I'm going Michigan State. My initial inclination was to take Michigan State, but I'm not going to. Um, Northwestern's coming off a really tough, hard-fought game and a win in overtime against Iowa. Uh, this game's in Evanston, right? Yes. I think I think Northwestern's going to win, and I think it's the first team that gets to 17 is going to win the game. And it's going to be Northwestern. All right, well, we'll go to the pros. Sunday action, Carolina and Tampa Bay. Carolina's got issues. Um they lost again last week. I'm taking Tampa Bay. Um, Carolina's got a better record and got better stats, but Tampa Bay, I think, is a better team, and Cam Newton has got to grow up. So I got Tampa Bay. I think the way Carolina's offense is going lately, do you just have this concern that Christian McCaffrey is going to get really really injured in a game? I mean, you think he's going to – I mean, if he bulks up a little bit, I mean, he could be even a more terrific player. But I'm gonna, yeah, I'm taking Tampa Bay. Carolina's just been. Right. Eh. I, think ne- I think neither team is good. Yeah, I don't think either one of them's very good. Uh, I'll take Carolina in this one with the idea that maybe Cam Newton has a decent day. All right, 100.9 The Valley. Primetime on Sunday night at 8.30. The Steelers and Detroit. This will be the Steelers' last game before they go to the bye. I'm not picking against the Steelers until they lose. Um, with Brown and Bell playing the way they are and the way they can control the football, um, I got Pittsburgh. Me too. You know that. <laughs> the Lions are going to kill the Steelers. No. I'm going to pick uh, the Steelers to win. I think they're just, they're, they've now put themselves into a cut-above category. Yeah, but this this could be tighter though. This is going to be a tougher ball game though than people think. I mean, but yeah, Um, but yeah, they get this. They move to six and two, doing good into the bye. Schedule sets up very nicely in November when they get Indianapolis and Tennessee, and then Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. So they got a great shot too. Well, you know, and it's funny thing is I talked to Jim Branstetter. He was the Michigan play-by-play guy, but he's also the Lions color analyst. We were talking about that. Uh, before the game, Jim and I probably talked for a half hour before the game, and I brought up the Rodgers thing, and he said everybody now in the division feels like they have a shot. That's how good he is. Yep. It's a shame. Hated to see that. Yeah. I was just like, oh, no. You know, I hate to see a guy go down. But well, Especially with a high-caliber player he is. I mean, he's one of the, yeah, marquee, he's one of the mean, marquee figures in the whole league. Yeah. And he can start seeing the end of the – end of the rainbow here too you know that he's getting up in his career and you can't lose years that's that's just it's awful yeah. well i mean that's what i did the you know the two steeler games i went to this month i said i, you know, I just kind of sat there and just you know took a deep breath when seven was out there on the field and i said hey this ain't gonna last forever yeah yeah just gotta savor it while he's still there well they gotta you know start what? eating what tom brady eats <laughs> Hey, he eats hey. all his tofu and all his you can, organic you ice cream. and uh, You got Landry whatever. Jones. I don't see what your problem is. 
<laughs> All right, one more here. This is the primetime Fox game Sunday afternoon. It'll be on before the World Series Sunday night. Fox is promoting it as the greatest weekend ever. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> Dallas and Washington. I am going out on, I'm not going on a limb. I love Washington. I love the quarterback. Dallas, I think, has major league issues, and I'm going to take Washington to win big. Mm. See, I think while Dak, see, see, while, so while Dak and Zeke are out there, they're clicking. Zeke's not there, there's a problem. Mm -hmm. So, Zeke's playing, I'm taking Dallas. Uh, I agree with Kevin about uh, how much you like Kirk Cousins. I like Kirk Cousins a lot, too. I really do. That's why I thought what Carson Wentz did Monday night was so special. I thought Kirk Cousins played at a really high level. Wentz just played played great. Great game. Yeah. uh, You're talking about, oh, he's so much better than Kirk Cousins. No, Kirk Cousins played really, really well. Wentz just played better. And that's, that's a real positive about Wentz. But you know what? I I see. I know the 49ers are not good. I've got that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dallas and ride that for an extra week here to see if they were hot and that means something. Okay. See, it's those performances like that out of Kirk Cousins. We talk about the Redskins in the off season. What are you doing? What are you waiting for? Yeah. Sign the guy. Who yeah. else are you going to find that's better out there? Steve, you talked about premium quarterback play in the entire yeah. league. What, you know, it's like. After a little more than a handful of of quarterbacks, what else you got? Well, we just talked about Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers goes out. It's Brett Hundley. Really? I mean, that, that that's how thin this league is in quarterbacks. I mean, the revolving door in Cleveland should tell you something. Joe Flacco... As his game's fallen off in Baltimore, that tells you something. There's a number. Cam Newton can be great one minute and bad the next. That's why the the quality of quarterback play in this league has dropped off. And I think there are multiple reasons why the NFL ratings are not what they were two years ago. Cord cutting being one, national anthem controversies, but also the fact that the quarterback play in this league has been become mediocre because you don't have as many stars. I mean, Matt Ryan was a star last year. Matt Ryan's not playing like a star this year at all. No. Very true. Just a quick story. I know you got to go here, but just in the last week, my friend Billy Ovitz, I don't know if he got to see you at the game or not. No. Um, did you see him? No. No. Um Huge Denver Bronco fan, lived in Denver for 15 years at season tickets, refuses to watch the NFL anymore. Uh, we went to breakfast with a couple uh, Sunday, and the guy was a veteran and loves football, loves college football, refuses to watch the NFL because of, you know, these are just general people. The NFL can come up with all their crazy reasons, but they're burning their own product. And that national anthem thing really burned a lot of people. They were just like, you know, it was already getting boring with commercials and lack of star power and all this other stuff. 
uh, and then they come up with this rule that you can celebrate, and so you got guys like Beckham Jr. in the end zone urinating on the, the making like he's a dog, you know. That, yeah. And you're you're almost like you're watching children that are very rich, and you don't want to watch it anymore, and they're spoiled. So yeah. I just thought I'd throw that out. These are just regular everyday guys who refuse to watch the watch the product anymore. They love college football and they're staying with it. So, well, there are a lot of reasons. That's one of them. Yeah, it's a big one. That national yeah. anthem really irritated a lot of people. So, irritated well, me. I'll tell you right now, that is a case of sometimes you have to know who your customer is. Yeah. In fact, yeah. You, I think you always have to know who your customer is. Yeah. You get too high on the hog and you start, look at ESPN. You know, yeah. Taking a nosedive, you know. Whatever. Still love the sport, still love to follow it, but don't have the oomph I used to have, that's for sure. Yeah, so. neither do I when it comes to the pros. I'll watch yeah. it, but there's not the, the passion isn't there like it used to be. Exactly. College? All on board, baby. Go Penn State. Kick some butt. <laughs> I can't wait. That'll be 2 o'clock the airtime, 3.30 the kickoff Saturday in Columbus. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.